This episode is sponsored by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, and they have over 100,000 titles available for download. Visit audibletrial.com slash thescaldcircle to begin your trial and download your free audiobook today. It's time to relax, grab a drink, pull up a chair by the hearth, and have a seat in the Scald Circle to listen to the tale of Snow White and Rose Red from German folklore, as told by Minogen. Before we begin our story, we wanted to remind you that we release new tales for free every week. Our shorter tales release on Wednesdays, and our longer chapter stories release on every other Saturday. Find out where you can hear them on our website at thescaldcircle.com. And be certain to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. That way, you'll never miss out on one of our enchanting tales from around the world. Now then, without further ado, this is Snow White and Rose Red. A poor widow once lived in a little cottage. In front of the cottage was a garden, in which there were growing two rose trees. One of these bore white roses, and the other red. She had two children who resembled the rose trees. One was called Snow White, and the other Rose Red. And they were as religious and loving, busy and untiring, as any two children ever were. Snow White was more gentle and quieter than her sister, who liked better skipping about the fields, seeking flowers, and catching summer birds. While Snow White stayed at home with her mother, either helping her in her work, or, when that was done, reading aloud. The two children had the greatest affection for each other. They were always seen hand in hand, and should Snow White say to her sister, We will never separate, the other would reply, Not while we live. The mother adding, That which one has, let her always share with the other. They constantly ran together in the woods, collecting ripe berries. But not a single animal would have injured them. Quite the reverse, in fact. They all felt the greatest esteem for the young creatures. The hare came to eat parsley from their hands. The deer grazed by their side. The stag bounded past them unheeding. The birds, likewise, did not stir from the bough, but sang in entire security. No mischance befell them. If benighted in the wood, they lay down on the moss to repose and sleep till the morning, and their mother was satisfied as to their safety, and felt no fear for them. Once when they had spent the night in the wood and the bright sunrise awoke them, they saw a beautiful child in a snow-white robe, shining like diamonds. Sitting close to the spot where they had reposed, she arose when they opened their eyes and looked kindly at them, but said no word, and passed from their sight into the wood. When the children looked around, they saw that they had been sleeping on the edge of a precipice, and would have surely have fallen over if they had gone forward two steps further in the darkness. Their mother said that the beautiful child must have been the angel who keeps watch over good children. Snow White and Rose Red kept their mother's cottage so clean that it gave pleasure only to look in. In summertime, Rose Red attended to the house, and every morning before her mother awoke, placed by her bed a bouquet, which had in it a rose from each of the rose trees. In wintertime, Snow White set light to the fire and put on the kettle, after polishing it until it was like gold for brightness. In the evening when the snow was falling, 
her mother would bid her bolt the door, and then, sitting by the hearth, the good widow would read aloud to them from a big book while the little girls were spinning. Close by them lay a lamb, and a white pigeon with its head tucked under its wing was on the perch behind. One evening, as they were sitting cosily together like this, there was a knock at the door, as if someone wished to come in. Make haste, Rose Red, said her mother. Open the door. It is surely some traveller seeking shelter. Rose Red accordingly pulled back the bolt, expecting to see some poor man. But it was nothing of the kind. It was a bear that thrust his big black head in at the open door. Rose Red cried out and sprang back. The lamb bleated, the dove fluttered her wings, and Snow White hid herself behind her mother's bed. The bear begins speaking and said, Do not be afraid. I will not do you any harm. I am half frozen and would like to warm myself a little at your fire. Oh, poor bear, the mother replied. Come in and lie by the fire. Only be careful that your hair is not burnt. Then she called Snow White and Rose Red, telling them that the bear was kind and would not harm them. They came as she bade them, and presently the lamb and the dove drew near, also without fear. Children, begged the bear, knock some of the snow off of my coat. So they brought the broom and brushed the bear's coat quite clean. After that, he stretched himself out in front of the fire and pleased himself by growling a little, only to show that he was happy and comfortable. Before long, they were all quite good friends, and the children began to play with their unlooked-for visitor, pulling his thick fur or placing their feet on his back, or rolling him over and over. They took a slender hazel twig, and using it upon his thick coat, they laughed when he growled. The bear permitted them to amuse themselves in this way, only occasionally calling out when it went a little too far, Children, spare me an inch of my life. When it was night and all were making ready to go to bed, the widow told the bear, You may stay here and lie by the hearth if you like, so that you will be sheltered from the cold and from the bad weather. The offer was accepted, but when morning came as the day broke in the east, the two children let him out, and over in the snow he went back into the wood. After this, every evening, at the same time, the bear came, laid by the fire, and allowed the children to play with him. So they became quite fond of their curious playmate, and the door was not ever bolted in the evening until he had appeared. When springtime arrived, and all around began to look green and bright, one morning the bear said to Snow White, Now I must leave you, and all the summer long I shall not be able to come back. Where, then, are you going to go, dear bear? asked Snow White. I have to go to the woods to protect my treasure from the bad dwarfs. In winter time, when the earth is frozen hard, they must remain underground and cannot make their way through. But now that the sunshine has thawed the earth, they can come to the surface. And whatever gets into their hands or is brought to their cave seldom, if ever, sees daylight again. Snow White was very sad when she said goodbye to the good-natured beasts and unfastened the door that he might go. But in going out, he was caught by a hook in the lintel 
and a scrap of his fur being torn, Snow White thought that there was something shining like gold through the rent. But he went out so quickly that she could not feel certain what it was, and soon he was hidden among the trees. One day, the mother sent her children into the wood to pick up sticks, and they found a big tree lying on the ground. It had been felled, and towards the roots they noticed something skipping and singing, which they could not make out, as it was sometimes hidden in the grasses. As they came nearer, they could see it was a dwarf, with a shriveled-up face and a snow-white beard and ell long. The beard was fixed in a gash in the tree trunk, and the tiny fellow was hopping to and fro like a dog at the end of a leash. But he could not manage to free himself. He stared out at the children with his fiery red eyes and called out, Why are you just standing there? Can't you come and try to help me? Uh, what were you doing, little fellow? inquired Rose Red. Stupid, inquisitive goose, replied the dwarf. I meant to split the trunk so that I could chop it up for kitchen sticks. Big logs would burn up the small quantity of food we cook. For people like us do not consume great heaps of food, as you heavy, greedy folk do. The billhorn I was driven in, and soon I should have done what I required. But the tools suddenly sprang from the cleft, which so quickly shot up again that it caught my handsome white beard. And here I must stop, for I cannot set myself free. You stupid, pale-faced creatures! You laugh, do you? In spite of the dwarf's bad temper, the girls took all possible pains to release the little man. But without avail, the beard could not be moved. It was wedged too tightly. I will run and get someone else, said Rose Red. Idiot, cried the dwarf. Who would go and get more people? Already there are two, too many. Can't you think of something better? Don't be so impatient, said Snow White. I will try to think. So she clapped her hands as if she had discovered a remedy, took out her scissors, and in a moment set the dwarf free by cutting off the end of his beard. Immediately, the dwarf felt that he was free. He seized a sack full of gold that was hidden among the tree's roots and, lifting it up, grumbled out, Clumsy creatures! To cut off a bit of my beautiful beard, of which I am so proud! I leave the cuckoos to pay you for what you did! And saying this, he swung the sack across his shoulder and went off, without even casting a glance at the children. Not long afterwards, the two sisters went to angle in the brook, meaning to catch a fish for dinner. As they were drawing near the water, they perceived something, uh, looking like a large grasshopper, springing towards the stream as if it were going in. They hurried up to see what it might be, and they found that it was the dwarf. Where are you going? said Rose Red. Surely you will not jump into the water. I'm not such a simpleton as that, yelled the little man. Don't you see that a wretch of a fish is pulling me in? The dwarf had been sitting angling from the side of the stream when, by ill luck, the wind had entangled his beard in the line, and just afterwards a big fish had taken the bait. The unamicable little fellow had not sufficient strength to pull it out, so the fish had advantage, and was dragging the dwarf after it. Certainly he caught at every stock and spray near him, 
but that did not assist him greatly. He was forced to follow all the twistings of the fish, and was perpetually in danger of being drawn into the brook. The girls had arrived just in time. They caught hold of him firmly and endeavoured to untwist his beard from the line, but it was in vain. They were too tightly entangled. It seemed that there was nothing left to do but grab the scissors again. So they were taken out, and the tangled portion was cut off. When the dwarf noticed what they were about, he exclaimed in a great rage, Is this how you damaged my beard? Not content with making it shorter before, you are now making it still smaller and completely spoiling it. I shall not have a dare show my face to my friends. I wish you had missed your way before you took this road. Then he fetched a sack of pearls that lay among the rushes and, not saying another word, hobbled off and disappeared behind a large stone. Soon after this, it chanced that the poor widow sent her children to the town to purchase cotton, needles, ribbon, and tape. The way to the town ran over a common, on which in every direction large masses of rocks were scattered about. The children's attention was soon attracted to a big bird that hovered in the air. They remarked that, after circling slowly for some time, and gradually getting nearer to the ground, it all of a sudden pounced down among a mass of rock. Instantly, a heart-rending cry reached their ears, and running quickly to the place, they saw, with horror, that the eagle had seized their former acquaintance, the dwarf, and was about to carry him off. The kind children did not hesitate for an instant. They took a firm hold of the little man and strove so stoutly with the eagle for possession of the contemplated prey that after much rough treatment on both sides, the dwarf was left in the hands of his brave little friends, and the eagle took flight. As soon as the little man had in some measure recovered from alarm, his small, squeaky, cracked voice was heard saying, Couldn't you have held me more gently? See my little coat! You have rent and damaged it in a fine manner, you clumsy, officious things! Then he picked up a sack of jewels and slipped out of sight behind a piece of rock. The maidens, by this time, were quite used to this ungrateful, ungracious way. So they took no notice of it, but went on their way, made their purchases, and then they were ready to return to their happy home. On the way home, suddenly, once more, they ran across their dwarf friend. Upon a clear space he had turned out his sack of jewels so that he could count and admire them, for he had not imagined that anybody would at so late an hour be coming across the common. The setting sun was shining upon the brilliant stones, and their changing hues and sparkling rays caused the children to pause and admire them also. And what are you gazing at? cried the dwarf at the same time, becoming red with rage. And what are you standing there for, making ugly faces? It is probable that he might have proceeded in the same complimentary manner, but suddenly a great growl was heard near them, and a big black bear joined the party. Up jumped the dwarf in extremest terror, but he could not get to his hiding place. The bear was too close to him, so he cried out in very evident anguish. Dear Mr. Bear, forgive me, I pray. I will render to you all of my treasure. Just see those precious stones lying there. Grant me my life. What would you do with such an 
insignificant little fellow. You would not notice me between your teeth. See, though, those two children. They would be delectable morsels and are as plump as partridges. I beg of you to take them instead of me, good Mr. Bear, and let me go. <laughs> but the bear would not be moved by his speeches. He gave the ill-disposed creature a blow with his paw, and he lay lifeless on the ground. Meanwhile, the maidens were running away, making off for home as well as they could. But all of a sudden, they were stopped by a well-known voice that called out, Snow White, Rose Red, stay. Do not fear. I will accompany you. The bear quickly came towards them, but as he had reached their side, suddenly the bearskin slipped to the ground. And there before them was standing a handsome man, completely garmented in gold, who said, I am a king's son who was enchanted by the wicked dwarf lying over there. He stole my treasure and compelled me to roam the woods transformed into a big bear until his death should set me free. Therefore, he has only received a well-deserved punishment. Sometime afterwards, Snow White married the prince and Rose Red his brother, and they shared between them the enormous treasure which the dwarf had collected in his cave. The old mother spent many happy years with her children, and they lived happily together. And that is the story of Snow White and Rose Red from German folklore. Thank you for listening to our story. If you enjoyed it, we recommend taking a look at our Patreon page as noted in the description below. You can earn great rewards while also supporting us to keep these stories alive for future generations to come. Also remember to subscribe to us on your podcast application and leave us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the story. A special thank you to Kat for their support this month. Without your contribution, we wouldn't be able to continue these stories, and we truly appreciate it. Visit thescaldcircle.com to stay up to date with all of our current events, news, and much more. Not only that, but you can also visit our story archive of every tale we have told. It's sorted by origin and region for the convenience of your listening pleasure. Thank you for listening to our story. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Audible, the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. While this story is over, you can still visit audibletrial.com slash thescaldcircle to begin your trial and download your free audiobook today. Let us know what you've listened to recently on Audible via our Facebook page. We're always looking for new recommendations.